Most of you know, that's what the Lord's been saying to us. So thank you for your prayers, and we want you to know that, that uh, right now we're in that phase of just like asking the questions, seeking the Lord, doing research and stuff. Um, in fact, uh, I don't even know if Deb knows this, one of our kids prayed for their sister, and their sister was healed. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, so our kids are growing in faith and uh, growing in character. I thought it was kind of cool. Actually, I think when Debbie said, uh, close your eyes, my son later told me, he was like, I saw Jesus. I was like, oh, that's good. We like that. <laughs> and he was like, but he was, I think he was a kid or something. He was like, I saw Jesus when a kid. I was like, all right. I mean, either way. <laughs> I don't know. I'm down. So, uh, but uh, yeah, anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know that. And thanks for your prayers and, uh, uh, and all that. So, uh, Luke, can you, why don't you come on up here? Yeah. We'll get we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll get things rolling here. But uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to say, we're we're doing this series. This is the, we've been doing this for a couple weeks called "More Ready Than You Know." And as as those of you remember who were here, and if you don't remember, that this is really what we sense as a prophetic statement to us. I really believe the Lord is saying to us uh, that that people. In our community, people all around us, friends, family, neighbors, are more ready than you realize to receive Jesus, to make Jesus their Lord, or even just to start a conversation. And I hands down would say to almost every believer I meet, at least in the Western world, that whatever you think, whatever level you think people are at, I bet they're more further along than you realize. I'd give them a negative four. You know, they're real resistant. You know, they told me they don't want everything to do with church. Yeah, I bet they're way more open than you realize. Most of the time, we're tricked and deceived. And we say, eh, four months, four months, four months till the harvest, four months till the harvest. We looked at last week, Jesus said, harvest is ripe. They're ready to start a conversation now. They're ready for that. And we looked at some statistics even that say 96% of uh, non-believers that are interviewed are like, yeah, I want to go to church. Anyone ever ask you? No, not really. Like 20% of believers will ask non-believers to church, and so we realize that, and about three fourths of people are like, "Yeah, I'm down. As long as a, believe, uh, a Christian doesn't judge me, criticize me, pigeonhole me, I want to talk about science and, church, and Christianity. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about spirituality." Mostly, that's the dominant thing that's out there that people are saying. So this is what we're learning. It's, uh, this series is, is, is giving us skills and tools of how to step into that conversation and how to how to step into that. But it's prophetically a declaration that people are more ready than we realize. And we're more ready than we realize. So Luke's standing up here wondering when I'm going to give him the mic. Um, uh, that's a good point. So you're just going to run with it. Use it. I want to affirm that I think we're catching this. I've been the pastor of this church for like three and a half years. And I've been here for longer than that. And I would say that the willingness in our hearts. You know the Bible says that Jesus works in us to will and to do. Yeah, you better, you better uh, use yeah, that stool there. Good for you. Jesus says, no, the word says, I guess it's Jesus. God works in us to will and to do. My goodness, I see such a willingness in our hearts. Where, where a couple years ago I'd hear people, no, nah, I'm not called to evangelism. That's not my gift. You know, kind of people making excuses and stuff. And that's just natural, you know, for a lot of us to do that without the training from the word. I see a lot of people changing their language. I see a lot of people asking God for opportunities, and I hear a lot of stories. And I'm telling you, there is such a willingness in our hearts, and I see such a growth, and I want to affirm that. Even like a couple weeks ago, Michelle and I had like, we shared the gospel with like three people, three or four people like in a, give, in a week. We were like, man, what's going on here, you know? It was like a month ago, 
and, and, and that doesn't happen every week, but you know, we do get to share the gospel uh, here and there or, or at least plant seeds. And I just, to me, that was like, that to me is, again, just evidence of the water level of our faith, my wife and I, obviously, but just the whole church, the water level rising. You know, and Deb mentioned this Good News Club. Whew. Yeah, we're leading these kids to Jesus. It's fun. So, um, anyways, uh, why are you here again? No, I'm just I, joking. I but, uh, yeah, Luke, no, Luke, just, uh, told me just to come up here. Just came while I'm here. Oh, man. Yeah. Can we go back to worship? Because I'm still over there. But um, no, so no, I'm still over here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're still like over here. Uh, no, but Luke is uh, one of those guys where the water levels rising, and yeah. you just live that life out there. So just share uh, some encounters um, and lessons. Yeah, uh, without without story. being too like super specific, um, I will say this: we, uh, Mari and I, live in our apartment complex. I'm going to say our neighbors because we have a ton of neighbors that this applies to. So uh, it'll make more sense that way. Um, we talk, one of my classes, we talk about like a, a third space and what a third space is, is like your house would be like your turf and someone else's house would be like their turf and you meet other people like on a third space. So our third space at our apartment complex is like the pool because that's where everybody's at in the summertime, right? Like that's where everybody goes. And so, uh, last summer I had an opportunity to meet several different people uh, while we were out there and during OSL, I was because you, you have to invite people to church, and it's really awkward you sometimes. To, you, yeah, you get to. That's right. So you're changing the language. That's the key. You sometimes get, we need a little. You're encouraged. You're encouraged to invite people to church. Yeah. And so, so we were invited to pray and ask God. You know, who do you want to invite? And uh, and so I'm praying, and, and all these people in our apartment complex come up, and and my first reactions were, eh, they're, they're, ah, they just seem, seem kind of resistant. And the other one, this one was really dumb, but it was like, yeah, well, they just seem so happy that I don't know if they need Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm saying that. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I need to be an OSL. Gosh, that's, uh, they don't need Jesus. I do. Um, and so, so, so I, I had this stuff rolling through my head, you know. So I thought, all right. I'm going to invite these people to church. So I forgot where they lived, but I knew the general area, so I just kept walking the dog around there until I saw them come out. That's what I did every day. It's like, honey, I'm going to go walk the dog. I'll see you. Then I come back like 45 minutes later. She goes, what are you doing? I just walked around the same spot, and they didn't come out yet. So, um, But anyway, you pretty much, yeah, I was stalking my neighbors. Um, and so, so... Uh, but through through that, you know, we did end up connecting, and I've, I've been able to build several relationships with several people that live in our in our apartment complex. And and in one instance in particular, a few weeks ago, I was hanging out with one of the families, and um, uh, the wife she she was mentioning, she said, you know, I don't think I could ever go to church because of a few instances going on. I can never go back to church because of some things that are going on in my life. And I was like, that's just so not true. And I just told her that. I said, that's a lie. Like that's not true. And she goes. Well, what do you mean it's not true? I was like, well, Jesus doesn't necessarily care about this particular situation. And, uh, and our, the people in our church don't care about this particular situation. And no one would care if you walked into our church building and you came as you are. And she just kind of like looked at me and, and was, was really surprised. And then uh, I, was with, I was with her husband later, and he goes, uh, so tell me a little bit more about what you were talking to her about in the, in the living room, because that's, that's interesting. Uh, and so we got into this great spiritual conversation, and it was fantastic. And he, you know, was saying some things, talking about kind of what Clint talked about last week. 
And there were some things that you just don't have to plant your flag on. There's some things that you just don't have to fight about. You can just be like, yeah, dude, that's cool. And then just keep talking about like the real issue, which is mm. Jesus and how much he cares about you. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I saw them like a week later, and we just talked about work. You know, We yeah. didn't, didn't have to keep going with the whole spiritual conversation right. thing. I had a, another, yeah. another neighbor, we're sitting out, because I always took my homework to, to the pool, because that's, you know, I don't like to, you know, it's a nice place to read. And so, <laughs> so I'm reading all these Jesus books. And, uh, and the, one of the ladies goes, uh, you know, we've, been, we've talked for a while about a bunch of different stuff. And she goes, so um, how do you feel about demons? That's the first question she asks yeah. me. And I'm yeah, out there reading, you know? And so here goes like an hour and a half long conversation about how God, you know, triumphs over Satan. And so, <laughs> so like the opportunities are there if you're just, but the thing is, is that if I was never around, like if I wasn't yeah, helping to move or if, if I wasn't, if I wasn't there to help people move or if I wasn't just in their lives, I mean, you don't, you don't really have to be anything special to be somebody's friend. You just have to be available. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, you know, we've had barbecues and, and stuff and, and I don't do it to like, make them right converts i do yeah. it because like they're fun people to be yeah. around non-christians are actually fun to be around it's, it's it's true they you can connect with them it's it's uh it's possible i learned that um so is there anything that's else a good word man say? that's a good I, word i don't know if there's oh, anything cool. else you're good? good okay cool yeah yeah that was good hit it hard uh turn with me to colossians chapter four and uh we'll start there this morning <clears throat> And um, one other thing before we, as we, well, really as we kind of move right into the Word here. You know, last week, uh, I won't let Sean O'Grady talk to me anymore. Because No, I'm joking around. We actually hung out a lot this week. <laughs> but last week, the Holy Spirit just rocked me as we were worshiping. And some of you were here and saw me just weeping before the Lord. And... and um, you might be wondering, is Dave, are you okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I am, actually. I'm doing just great. And uh, as we were worshiping the Lord, the Lord was doing something in my own heart. I, I can't say that it wasn't something that He was doing in me. As we declared, it was that desert song, really, saying, Lord, refine me. Lord, I'm going to believe you. But the reason why I, be- I-, I started weeping, I didn't say this last week, because I was like, well, Lord, I have no idea what was going on. But I want to tell you this week, because I love you, and because uh, I get the privilege of being your pastor, and because I got the mic, you can't really stop me. No, I'm just messing around. So the reason why I was weeping was for you. Some of you very, very specifically by name. Yeah, I know what you're going through, some of you. And some of you, I don't know what you're going through, but I have a little bit of discernment, you know. <laughs> I see in part. Um, and the Lord loves you, but his heart was crashing into mine and, and I was feeling some things because the cry of my heart was that, is that we would believe the Lord in the midst of that wilderness and I know the deep pain that's in some of you and the deep place of a wilderness you're in I mean, I, I'm not saying I understand I mean I just know that you're there and that's why I was weeping that we would, we would stand in faith and that we as a church would stand together and um Oh, it gets me off. See, I, you know, see, Sean messing me up. No, I'm just in. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Sean, get away from me. <laughs> get away. No, but uh, uh, <laughs> he knew I was joking. Um, yeah, no, 
I do. And I pray for you. And I know the Lord is faithful. He cannot lie. You know, he would never open his mouth to make a promise if he didn't want to do it. Why would he even create us if he didn't love us? And why would he ever say, I want to bless you and have a plan for your life? If he didn't, he just would keep his mouth shut. Every word that comes out of his mouth is absolutely true. All rooted in his love for you. All of it. Because he's just good. He would never give his son if he didn't love you. And, and I believe the Lord uh, would say we walk by faith as a church. Not by sight. Amen? And you know there's times where we weep. In faith. In faith. I stand before God, weeping before the Lord, saying, I'm going to believe you, God. Every breakthrough I've ever had in my life has come when I believed Him when I didn't see anything else. When I didn't see it. That's what faith is, right? When I chose to believe God's Word against every other thing that would be said to me, whether it be a lie of the enemy or someone else, something else someone said or my circumstance or something I'm struggling with in my own character. But I say, Lord, I'm going to believe Your Word. And sometimes I'm just weeping before the Lord, humbling myself before Him, but saying, Lord, in the midst of this, I still will believe You. And I'm not faking it. I'm not saying it to be religious to God. No, I'm saying it because... I'm really struggling. <laughs> because I mean it. You know? And uh, the Lord wants us to move beyond a place of saying, Lord, help my unbelief. He wants us to be a people who say, I believe you. It's really hard right now, but I still believe you. Amen? Okay? He wants us to grow. And I love you guys very much. So, anyways, uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, just, just write this down. No, I'm just, listen, this is good. I, um, In the hardest time of my life, uh, and I try to, you know, I, I go back to this because I learned a lot of lessons there. The Lord spoke to me one time and He said to me, He said, thank me for today. And I said, no. I don't love life. I don't like that I'm even awake today. I said, I ain't going to do it. And He said, thank me for today. I said, nope, not going to do it. Thank me for today. Fine. I'll thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for today. He said, now, he said, thank me for the cross. All right. Thank you for the cross. I don't know what happened. I began to just start thanking him. He kind of coached me along a little bit longer and began to just thank him. But I'll tell you, that I had reached the bottom around that time. And the Lord was breaking a lot of pride in my life, a lot of offense that I had towards God, a lot of bitterness, a lot of shame. I was, I was, I was down, very. And when I chose to thank Him, I started getting breakthrough. See, the word into your heart builds your faith. Faith comes from hearing hearing by the Word of God. But the Word's got to come out of your mouth. And right around that time, the Holy Spirit came to me and He showed me I had an offense towards God. And I repented and I renounced it. I have never been the same. It was probably a demon to some, something, some spiritual stronghold. But I chose 
And again, the Word had built me up to this point. I mean, I had, in my brokenness, I just kept going to the Word, listening to people uh, preach the Word to me who had faith. I would do all so. <clears throat> but I have never been the same. My I am so at rest in the Lord like I never was before. I'm so filled with joy and gratitude. It's the healthiest thing, I, it's the healthiest motion I could ever recommend to you. And I tell you, it all began with thanking the Lord. And that's what that song is. You know, see, Sean was giving us words. He didn't write the song, but um, he was giving us words for where we're at. Many of you, I will rejoice. I will be glad. I will thank the Lord. Praise will come out of my mouth. Because praise is the language of faith. And so, uh, amen. The Lord's going to give you breakthrough. Just keep thanking the Lord, okay? I love you guys. All right. So, now to the message. <laughs> I just... <laughs> All right. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just release revelation and speak to our hearts and cause us to rise up as a people. Oh, God, as a people who freely receive, freely give. Well, we don't want to be selfish kids. We want to be mature partners with Jesus, bringing your kingdom to this world, calling down the reign of heaven in people's lives. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in us to will and to do as a church. We say yes to you, Lord. Yes to your will in our life. And I ask you, Father, that we would be a church that believes you and takes your gospel to the people of this world. Gives them something because we have it from you, Lord. Can you just tell the Lord? Just say, yes, Lord. Say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I offer my life. As a weapon of righteousness. As a living sacrifice. I will not be selfish. I'll give my life away. I will love others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. That's called creation. All right. Chapter 4 of Colossians. We looked at this last week. Verse 2 through 6. This is really kind of uh, just a, a jumping board, uh, a diving board for us. Paul says to the, uh, am I saying, did I say that right? Colossians. We're in Colossians, right? Did I say that? Okay, good. Colossian church, it's a church plant in this uh, area, and Paul is saying that you're a light, you're salt to this region. He's talking about how to reach their friends and family and neighbors and coworkers. And he says, continue earnestly in prayer, be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Well, there it is again. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. What Paul is saying here, and really what the Lord is saying, is that we need wisdom. We need wisdom, we need skill, we need to be trained, developed, in how to relate to those who are not yet convinced 
those who are not yet Christ followers. And we need to know how to relate to them in a way that's going to show them Jesus and that we need to know how to speak the gospel with our words being full of grace, seasoned with salt. Kind of an odd phrase, seasoned with salt. Uh, that doesn't mean you put salt on your tongue. I know some people, it's like, see, there it is. We need to put salt on all our food, you know? Hey, that's good too. But, yeah, I know. Some of you are like, yeah, that's a good word. So, so that we may know how you ought to answer each one. And so what we want to talk about today, and what I started last week, are just simply skills and tools of how we are to engage people who don't yet know the Lord in relationship and in conversation so that really ultimately we can lead them to the Lord. Like, like, uh, like Luke said, it's not, we don't have an agenda, but you know, we do. Uh, and so, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I call it a sincere agenda or, or, uh, you know, like, I really don't. I just want to love people. But if I am really loving people, I'm going to give to people the very thing that they need. It's called eternal life. Amen. This is not like, uh, we're not peddling our, a religion, okay? We're not like trying to convince people to think like us. We're not pushing American things or Westernism or something like that. No, we're simply inviting people back to their creator, amen? To be reconciled to the God who made them, which can only happen through Jesus because sin has to be forgiven, the debt has to be paid, and that free gift has to be received. It's, we're talking life and death, are we not? We're talking about eternal life and death. The stakes are high. And so when, when I'm saying that, that, uh, that, yes, yes, we want people to come to Jesus, but it's not in, we're not trying to manipulate, control, or anything like that. And that was very good. I love what, I lo- basically the way Luke said it was best. But anyways, okay. So we need skill. Just like you would need skill in marriage, you need skill in parenting. Whoa, boy, do we need skill in parenting. Uh, <laughs> those little rascals, they just keep changing on you. And um, <laughs> keep growing up. We need skill in your work, you need skill in anything. You start a new job, you're like, somebody trained me, you know? We need skill. We just need to know how to do it, and that's really what this series is about, is just some skills and some, some how-tos and things like that. The number one thing we mentioned last week was prayer. We need to know how to pray uh, for people, and we mentioned pray for open doors, pray for open hearts, and pray for open mouths, which would mean yours. We need to basically pray and ask God for opportunities that God would open up. And it's not just that God is the one who's like, yeah, I'm in a good mood, I'll open it up. We're praying against demonic things that would hinder people's receptivity, hinder their thinking, right? The Bible says that, that, um, that the enemy's strongholds are, are, are in people's minds, and, and literally, as we were, uh, that we're to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and, ev- and bring every thought into captivity. That's a, that's a spiritual kind of warfare thing where we pray for people's minds and hearts to be open to the Lord and we pray for opportunities. And I said last week, hands down, you ask anyone who's been effective at evangelism, effective at sharing their faith, and you ask, how, how, how'd you do that? I just ask God. You know, you, know you, you don't pray and you don't ask for opportunities, guess what you're going to get? You ask God for anything in Jesus' name, guess what you're going to get, yeah? Father, I ask you for opportunities in the name of Jesus. I love it because I get to tell people this all the time. They're like, but Dave, I don't have any friends who are, who are, who are non-Christian. I say, well, we'll work on that. Let's work on that. And, but I say, why don't you just ask God? I literally, see, I, I, I'm not down with condemnation, by the way. You guys, I think you guys know that. I'm not down with pressuring people. That'll last, oh, about 10 seconds in a church, right? No, we, it's got to come out of our life. And so I just tell people exactly what the Word says. Why don't you just ask God? 
I, and I challenge people, ask him. Ask for opportunity. He'll give it to you. And if you're in prayer, you're going to be more on your toes and ready to, to respond to that thing. The reality is, and one of the Luke, things that Luke said to me, and, and, and I didn't ask him to say it on, uh, for, for a reason, but he basically was like, Dude, just, you got to open your mouth, you know. When they say, well, you know, you know, I just could never go to church, you go, oh, yeah, okay. And you don't say anything, yeah, maybe because you weren't prayed up and ready to rock, right? I mean, he opened his mouth and said, and he knew how to respond, as verse 6 says. He knew to say, yeah, yeah, that's a lie. No, <laughs> you know, that's just not true. I mean, that's somewhat in your face a little bit. He was gentle, but he was, bam, he confronted that lie. That's called bringing down those strongholds that are in people's minds. And he just said, no, hey, we're not like that. God's not like that. There you go. And so you've got to be ready. Number two thing, though, when it says walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, number one thing is we've got to learn how to start friendships with those who aren't Christ followers. The reality is that if Luke was not hanging around or if Clint was not friendly or things like that, Clint shared last week, if, uh, if we're not in people's lives, we have no opportunity to do anything. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, right? Salt is good for nothing if it's not salty. So first step, get salty, right? Fall in love with Jesus Hence, OSL. Okay, no, I'm just joking. It's not all about OSL. It's just love God. Get into the Word. Build up your faith. Praise the Lord. We just want to be a catalyst for that in our church. But if you're salty and you're not touching the meat, you're not doing much of any good, are you? Right? So salt that isn't salty is worthless. And salt that's not touching the meat is not very useful, is it? Right? So salt really only does what salt is supposed to do when it's both salty and touching what it's supposed to be, uh, close contact is absolutely essential. And so a lot of times, the very first thing we could do is just build more friendships with people and just be friendly, just smile, say hi, hang out, find that third space, barbecue, have friendships, whatever it takes. And this is where we have to shift our, our schedules, our, the purpose of our life. See, we, a lot of us are just busy, right? A lot of us are just think, we, we're, see, the thing, okay, here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Dave's on his soapbox. Let me stand up higher so I get on my soapbox. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you, right? A lot of us are trying to find our identity, our provision, our success in something else, yeah? So we're busy doing all these things, sometimes even spiritual things like, you know, go to church a million times, which actually we should to build up our faith, but Hey, what about those who don't know Jesus, right? So the Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God, which means, would you stop maybe working so much and start hanging out with people who don't know Jesus, right? I mean, stop just sitting in front of the TV. Maybe if, uh, maybe if Luke just sat there and watched TV all the time, he'd miss a bunch of opportunities. It says, redeeming the time. Make the most of opportunities. Well, how do you make the most of opportunities? Create them. And how do you create them? Friendship. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. And see, that is, honestly, the easiest and non-scariest, is that the right word? Uh, see, I've been hanging out with my son, and he's still in that phase of adding more friend, funner, and you know, so I'm still trying to figure out, am I saying things right? No, I'm joking. But honestly, the least scariest thing you can do is just start a friendship. I know some of you are like, yeah, right. But anyways... <laughs> Look at, look at Matthew, oh, I'm sorry, no, Luke chapter 5, Luke, Luke chapter 5. I love this. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus, uh, Jesus says to this uh, tax collector, Matthew, 
or, or his name's Levi or Matthew. Verse 27, Luke chapter 5, Luke 4, verse 27, he says, After these things he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. That's like street evangelism at its best. I mean, he didn't even... That's like shorter than Jesus loves you. Like, follow me. Wow. That was good. I wish I could do that. It was like a drive-by evangelism right there. So, uh, anyways... So Jesus says, follow me, and Levi says, so he left all, rose up, and followed him. That's pretty cool, right? He said, man, that's worth, yeah, that's worth it. Bam, I'll follow Jesus. Next thing Levi does, I love this. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him, referring to Jesus. L- literally, he invites Jesus to a party where all these people are going to be who have mm, unsavory lifestyles. Don't you love that? You know? He just... The kind of people that Pharisees don't hang out with, right? Because the Pharisees are like, whoa, that woman ain't even coming close to me, right? Jesus is hanging out with them. See, Jesus is called a friend of sinners, right? I mean, the Pharisees actually accused Jesus of being a drunkard. I wonder how he got that reputation. Not because he was drunk, by the way, but I just wanted to make sure you guys see. <laughs> yeah, so he could have twisted my words there. But literally, they were like, that man's a drunkard, right? Or, you know, and Jesus is not a drunkard. But he was definitely hanging out with people and being friends of sinners. See, here's the deal. Why did God create the world? He wanted friends. I mean, we could go into that more theologically for you later, but... Why did Jesus come to earth? I mean, like, did, did the Bible say for God really uh, didn't want to, but he was really obligated, so he just gave his only son to get everyone off his back? Just stop praying already. I'll just give my son. No, we weren't, we weren't pursuing God at all. He, if the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? What does God want? He wants friends, yeah? Okay, so you're an ambassador of heaven, right? You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and you're called a minister of reconciliation, so, like, literally, what is evangelism? You're making BFFs. You're making friends forever. And honestly, if that is not our agenda, then we don't have the heart of the Lord, do we? If we're not trying to bring friends, and by that I don't mean like people you really like, I mean everyone, okay? So, if we're not trying to make friends and bring them to the one where they can have eternal life in Jesus, wow, you know? Now, I'm not saying you can't do street evangelism and things like that. That's all good. Uh, Preaching from the street corner, you know, praise the Lord. People need the word. But what I'm saying is that our heart, really our heart would be like the Lord. As a minister of reconciliation, to get into people's lives and to build friendships with them. Why? Because he wants a friendship with them. And when they come to Jesus, what happens? They are now my brother or my sister in the Lord, are they not? We're making friends forever is really what we're doing. We're inviting people to be friends with God. We're saying, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. But they come into the family of God as well. And so really, this stuff begins, begins with friendship. And I love this. I, I love that Jesus' reputation was a friend of sinner. And literally, it says that they were drawn to him. They were, so, they were literally drawn to Jesus, were they not? They were like, oh, dude, I want to hang out with that guy. And it says in Luke 15, 1, they were drawn to hear him. That means that there was something about Jesus where they felt safe and accepted. He was approachable. He was friendly. He was loving. He took them as they were. But guess what else they wanted? I want to hear what this guy has to say. See, he doesn't talk like the Pharisees, does he? 
Right? That's why I had Clint come up and share. That's why what Luke was sharing was really good because we're not talking about just beating people up with the Bible and saying religious things that push them away. You wouldn't even do that. And, but I, I know that a lot of people don't do evangelism because they don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. You don't have to be that guy, whoever that guy is. You need to be Jesus, right? And Jesus opened up his mouth and people were like, I want to hear what he has to say. Let me tell you a story about this sheep that's lost. Oh, I want to hear that because I just feel so lost. Right? Oh, God's looking for me? Well, I want to hear that. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Jesus opened up his mouth, told some stories that actually tweaked their view of God. Wow, he actually loves me. He's not that religious condemning thing that I learned from church, from the Pharisees, from the synagogues. <gasps> I want that. Right? So that's your job, is to just break mindsets and just plant seeds and show them love and show them Jesus in your attitude and your behavior and, and, and your character and be salty, but in your words. And I guarantee if you'll befriend people and show them who Jesus really is and share the gospel, the good news, they will want to listen. They will want to ask you questions. I am so convinced that if a church will believe the gospel and go to a community of people that are so longing for someone to tell me that God loves me, and that I have a purpose in life, we'll see revival. I, get, I so believe it. And it's happening in this church, is it not? I mean, there's people live being changed. People coming to Jesus. And I believe it's just a seed. It's just the first fruits of what God wants to do. I believe there's a harvest coming. You've got to go out and get them. <clears throat> so, I, I remember this story one time of this guy... Uh, Named Mark, he's a, uh, he's a very uh, good evangelist, good personal evangelist, and he learned this lesson one time, and it's just always stuck in my mind. So I thought I'd impart to you. It's become kind of like a parable to me. He uh, he had this church event. They had a very evangelistic church, and, and they were doing this like an outreach. It's something that we would do. And he uh, he invited his neighbors. He like walked up to them as a new neighbor. I think they were new in that in that place. And, they, and he said, hey, we're doing this thing at church. Would you guys like to come? And, the, and the, it was the husband and wife, or maybe boyfriend, girlfriend, I don't remember. And the guy kind of like looked down and kind of looked at his uh, uh, significant other and was kind of like, well, yeah, no, we're kind of busy, but uh, hey, if you ever want to barbecue, that'd be cool. And then Mark, Mark inside, and this guy's, I mean, this guy's awesome. He's an evangelist and stuff. You know, he's a good guy. He probably does it the right way. Most of the time he goes, oh inside you know why didn't I think of that you know kicking himself a little bit and he, he, he basically comes up with this principle barbecue first so it's kind of always in my head barbecue first it's the food principle everyone likes to eat and by the way everyone eats three times a day most people right sometimes more everyone goes to Starbucks some I'm just joking five tenths of people no I'm joking you know there's some statistic everyone you know people drink coffee or they drink tea or smoothie or no I'm joking they go eat there's something about sitting down at a meal this is what's going on in Luke chapter 5 Matthew finds the venue in fact Matthew invites Jesus and the disciples to his turf to his house with his friends he doesn't invite his friends to church he doesn't invite them to Jesus preaching at the synagogue, he doesn't invite them to Jesus preaching from the boat. You know, Jesus didn't do street evangelism, he did boat evangelism, right? Got in the boat and lakeside, beach evangelism, I guess you could say. Um, so he, he invites his friends to his house, and what happens? There's this collision between Jesus and disciples and people who are far from God, who are turned off from 
the things of, of God because of, you know, religious people in their life. And they collide. And they get to find out who Jesus really is. These are the people, the tax collectors and the sinners, who probably weren't listening to Jesus earlier in the day or earlier in the week. But they're like, I heard about this guy. I want to check this guy out, right? And so the greatest thing you could do is cultivate friendships and cultivate opportunities where you can just hang out and have a barbecue, go to coffee. It could be someone at work. Hey, why don't we go to lunch sometime? Hey, why don't we have coffee? Hey, why don't we do this? You know, just trying to create that kind of opportunity. Again, very sincerely to just get to know the person, right? And just build that friendship. And also, of course, to, to show them the love of the Lord. <clears throat> and um, all right, there you go. Uh, sometimes that can be quite awkward. I remember this friend of mine inviting me to, uh, I do this all the time, I'll invite people to lunch or stuff like that, and I'll go and hang out with them. And like Luke said, sometimes I won't talk about uh, spiritual things, but a lot of times because it's just who I am, it just kind of comes out. And uh, I, I, again, it's kind of like a, a, a spontaneous, planned spontaneity and sincere agenda to just kind of like, this is who I am. So I'll go to lunch, but one time this friend of mine asked me to go to a, a, like a Labor Day party, and I was like, all right, I'll go. And uh, my goodness, do they know how to drink. And uh, <laughs> I was just being silly, but I'd never, I, I, I didn't even know what beer pong was. <laughs> and uh, some, of, some of you don't. I don't really want to know what beer pong is. No, but... Um, so no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't drink. That can be kind of awkward, you know what I'm saying? I just... I like Coke, I'll drink a Coke, you know? I didn't, I didn't drink, it doesn't really matter, but I'm just there meeting friends of my friend, I'm meeting the family, I'm talking with them, I'm just being the Lord. I didn't share the gospel, I didn't do any of that, I just hung out, right? And just was there. And it was a little awkward, that's okay. That's alright. And uh, it's okay just to be there and to build that friendship. And it's and I mean, and honestly, by the way, if you do struggle with, with alcohol and things like that, or, you know, other things like that, hey, it may not a good environment for you to be in by yourself, right? And because you lose your saltiness right there. Like, there's no, you know, if you, if you walk in impurity, you know, if you, you know, walk around cussing and stuff, like, it just sends the message, like, you're no different than I am, and you're just as broken as I am, and you don't have any hope. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but I'm just saying there's something about do walking as Christ walked and walking in purity, and walking in holiness, and say, I'm not looking to those things to satisfy me. I can have fun without that, and, and, I, and I don't have un, unmet needs in my life that I need to numb because of these things. At least you're on the journey, amen? And so sometimes, uh, you know, that's not the right environment for you, by the way. But 1 Corinthians 5 actually tells us, look, you don't, ha- you actually, actually, 1 Corinthians 5 is kind of hardcore. It says, if someone calls themselves a believer and is living in, you know, sexual immorality and drunkenness and greed and all that, don't hang out with them. Wow. Now, you know, I kind of, you've got to make sure that's in context because I know a lot of churches that would just reject people who are struggling. But it says, actually, he goes, but I'm not talking about outsiders. First Corinthians 5 actually says, look, if someone's a believer and they're just living off over here, unrepentant is really what he's talking about. He's not talking about struggling. He's talking about unrepentant. Yeah, you can reach out to them. They're that lost sheep. I'm not saying don't reject uh, you know, the, uh, uh, a wavering believer. But uh, he actually says, no, we, when it comes to holiness in the church, man, psh, Paul is like, no, we, we, we hold in the line. But he says, but those who are on the outside who don't know the Lord, they don't understand why we walk the way we walk. He said, man, get in their life. You know, 
He's like, go over to their house. And if they're eating meat sacrificed idol, just don't ask. And then if they tell you, don't eat it because you might offend their conscience. You know, the whole point Paul makes is, look, do everything out of love. Everything out of love. Go and get into their world. All right. So, um, there you go. All right. Uh, the last thing uh, we'll just talk about real, a little bit briefly here is, uh, number three is the skill or the art of beginning a conversation, a spiritual conversation. Okay? Now, spiritual conversation can really flow out of a natural one. So, again, one of the key principles is be yourself and be natural. But the reality is if you're walking with Jesus and He is a part of your life, He'll come up in conversation. Luke actually gave me this illustration earlier this week. And, and he said, like my wife, she's a natural part of my life. So I talk about my wife. And I was like, that's a good point. Right? If Jesus is a part of your life, you're going to talk about Jesus. And a lot of times it's like, so what would you do this weekend? Uh, mm, uh, 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 I was hanging out with people. Uh, mm, uh, you went to church, okay? So everyone say church. Yeah, you went to church. Okay, that's okay. You can tell people that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hey, oh, hey, how's your morning going? Good, good. What'd you do? I prayed. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? I read my Bible. You can tell people that. Let them in. Okay? In 2 Corinthians 3, it says that we are like, we, we are unveiled before people. And he goes into this story about Moses. Moses saw the glory of God and his face was shining. And all the Israelites were like, ah! You know, in, in the book of Exodus. And so Moses put this veil over his face to hide the glory from people because it scared them. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, we're unveiled. He says we boldly speak. And he uses the word speak, by the way. And we boldly speak. What does he mean? He means, man, get some glory and then go unveiled to people. Just go get some glory from Jesus, you know, and be like, man, we had a great time at church. You want some? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, we're kind of like bartenders a little bit, you know? Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And go give it away, you know? I'm talking a lot about alcohol today, aren't I? Whoops! So, sorry, I, it came up, you know, from the Luke 5 passage, sorry. So, um, start a conversation means boldly get into it. But be yourself, be natural, but be direct. One of the best things you could do is just literally just say who you really are. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't tell people I'm a pastor because, you know, I don't want to weird people. I've got a weird perception of pastors. Well, I'm a great one, so I tell them that I'm a pastor. No, <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> no, the reality is, is I know that some people have a certain perception, but I want to find out, you know. I actually say things to plant seeds and to find out where people are. How else will I know where they're at spiritually in their receptivity if I don't say something? Now, again, I'm not like weird, okay? But if they're like, hey, what do you do? Uh, mm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual director. Okay, you're kind of lying to them. Now, I mean, honestly, I might say something like, hey, yeah, I'm a pastor. It's like I'm a spiritual uh, director in people's lives. Or, you know, I might try to like, like tweak it a little so I'm not neither lying nor like staying in their box. I do a little of that. Depends on who they are. But it's like I'm not trying to lie to people. Another thing I do, I tell them I'm a pastor and a professor. You know what I'm saying? I let them pick which one they're going to ask me questions about. Yeah, I'm a pastor and a professor. Oh, yeah, tell me about that professor thing. <laughs> I teach the Bible. Oh, uh, <laughs> tell me about your kids. I'm <laughs> just joking. No, no, no. But the rea what I'm saying is I'm just myself. Does that make sense? And I find out where they're at. Now, I don't push that envelope, okay? If they really are awkward and they don't want to hear anything about it, 
I just change the subject or whatever. I talk about my family. But the reality is, is that I'm just myself, okay? And I talk about spiritual things and I talk about my life and stuff. You know, so it could, it's as simple as, hey, Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, you know? And then you get into, how's your life going? It could really be that simple as you just planting some seeds. The best thing, I think, is for you to be straight up and honest, and I call it early and often, you know? Just make sure they know. I love Jesus, and He's the right way. No, I mean, so just make sure they know who you are. And then kind of live that out. They're going to watch you and watch your character, but just live it out. Just, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. No big deal. Now you don't have to, like, announce it. Oh, I'm a Christ follower. You know? <laughs> no, but just let it come out. Let it all, you know, just hang out. Okay, that just didn't, that sounded weird. But, um... And so a lot of times, uh, like if they ask you how you're doing, just tell them really how you're doing, you know, and uh, and maybe God, maybe if God's a part of that, you know, just let that let that happen. Um, but uh, also just, um, you know, if you taught the kids at church, I love doing this again. You taught the kids at church on Sunday. Yeah, I just taught the kids at church on Sunday. It's real fun. I like being with them or, you know, you, uh, a lot of times like um, I try to relate to people on some of their own level by talking about my passions, you know. I meet somebody, I start talking about youth and how we want to see youth's lives changed. Really? Wow, what do you do? I'm a youth pastor. Oh. See, what happens is I'm speaking to what I really want, which is what most people in this world really want. I just want to see youth find a purpose in their life. I'm being honest, am I not? It's really what I want. I'm not using religious words. I am saying, we want to raise up a David generation. Whoa, I have no idea what you just said. You know, no, I'm just saying, yes, I want to I want to see youth get free from addictions and find purpose in life. Wow, that sounds really cool. What kind of church do you go to? You know, I mean, say like I, I talk about things like human trafficking. I love to bring that stuff up. Yeah, I hate slay that people are slaves. I want to see them set free. Oh, huh. like see, people don't mind talking about that stuff. So I, and I really care about that. So I talk about that. I talk about myself sometimes, but mostly I, you got to switch it and talk about them. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? And just care for them and stuff like that. But what happens is by talking about things that are exciting, and by talking about things that are real, and by talking about things that I'm passionate about, from a Christ follower's perspective, they find out what I'm really like. Does that make sense? Because I'm not religious. And if they know I'm a pastor, and then they find out he's like real, you know, and they go on my Facebook and they find pictures of me like with my mouth wide open. They're like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? You break the mold. I break the mold, you know. And, uh, yeah, whoa, you know? And so, and I, that's what I'm saying about you. That you're that person. I know that you are. Just use that kind of language and just be loving and be caring. But the best thing you could do, honestly, is ask them lots and lots of questions. Ask them who they are. Ask them what's going on in their life and just care and see what happens. Just see what happens. And then you're praying for opportunity. And when they say something like, and I'm just really depressed in my life, you go, oh, well, that's just too bad. No, you just prayed for an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Can I pray for you is a good one. Or, oh, wow, because Jesus set me free from that. And then that'll really weird them out. <laughs> but that's okay. You see, what, see how they respond. Um, another thing 
is, uh, oh, and I like, for example, things like our church. I heard someone this week say, uh, yeah, our church doesn't let perfect people come to our church. You know, say, so like you use little phrases like that. Or the fact that we have a finance seminar. Or the fact that we have a marriage seminar. It's not even that I'm inviting them. It's like, yeah, we really care. We just really want to see debt broken in people's lives. We have this finance seminar. Really? That's kind of interesting. All I'm really doing them, doing is I'm unveiling the glory, right? I'm saying, here's a window of what it means to be a Christ follower. And here's a window into the church. You know, the church is really important, by the way. Why? If we're healthy. If we're the community that loves one another as Christ, lo- as Christ loved the church, Jesus said, they'll know you're Christians by your love, right? Jesus prayed that we'd be in unity so that the world would know that Jesus is the way, right? If we really love each other, people look and say, wow, that's real. That is hope, because I don't have that family and that love, right? But once again, if they're not let into that, if people are not let into that and they never see that, then they continue to have a perception of the church being full of hypocrisy. Um, you know, be careful airing your, 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 your complaint. Well, actually, just don't grumble and complain. But people grumble and complain before non-believers about, about their life and about God and about church. And my goodness, you're just tainting their heart. It would be so much better if you let them into, and again, you have to own this, but I do. It's like, yeah, I, I, I've never felt more family love than from my church that I've been a part of for years and years and years. Like, that's a good thing to let people know. Another thing is just, again, to invite them into the community. Why? So they can see that we are crazy, we really love Jesus, and we really love God, you know? And uh, we really believe this stuff. And they can say, I don't know about it, but they get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and it's not just on a Sunday morning, but home groups and things like that. Another thing, uh, in terms of starting spiritual conversations that are really good, is there are times to just go for it and ask them the question, hey, what do you believe? What's your spiritual background? What's your church background? Now, if you've already been fostering a friendship and already fostering conversation and maybe even planting some seeds, they might already just ask you. Like Luke. I mean, that is hilarious. He's like, so they're like, so what do you think about demons? See, that's called more ready than you know. They didn't ask you how to be saved. They didn't ask if they could come to your church. They brought up demons, okay? That tells you, bing, 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 bing. They want to talk, they want to talk, right? They're just curious. And then totally like what Luke said, I'm like... Well, so Jesus died on the cross for us. Now, you bring it away from a random conversation to the heart of it. Obviously, Jesus is always the heart of any conversation. But yeah, just really, I literally will ask people, so tell me, where, where are you at, spiritually speaking? I will, I will ask them that. I will ask things, um, uh, uh, Kurt, uh, I'm sorry, Clint gave a good example of, uh, hey, if you ever want to know the difference between religion and Christianity, just let me know. You know, or I, I don't think Clint actually uses that phrase, but he would say things like, yeah, I hate religion too. Just leave it at that. Or literally like, hey, if you ever want me to explain to you, just let me know. And so what you're doing is you're giving them the invitation to ask you, you know. Uh, sometimes I, I'll always ask people's permission, but I will literally just tell people as we're journeying together um, that um, I'll just say, hey, if you, you know, I'll just say, hey, if you ever want me to, or I'll sometimes I'll ask their permission. Hey, can I? And I'll either do it right then or I'll find a better time. Can I explain to you why I'm a follower of Jesus or why I believe that Jesus connects us to God? I use this kind of language all the time. It's just my language, and you could use other language. Uh, but basically, you're asking, you literally ask people. Ask them. Now, let me go backwards a second. When I ask them, hey, so what's your church experience? What do you believe? Hey, where, where are you at? I listen. Listen a lot, and I ask a lot of questions. I want to know. Number one, I really want to know because I want to know where they're at spiritually, but I'm a missionary. I want to know where Jesus is. I'm looking for the presence of the Lord in their life. 
Remember when Paul went to Athens and he, um, <clears throat> he walked around the city and saw all these idols. And he found one idol to the unknown God. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to use that. So I listen and I'm looking for their unknown God. I'm looking for where the presence of God, where God has made a witness in their life. Because every single person is longing for Jesus, they just don't know it. Huh. They're longing for, I want love. I'm longing for meaning. I'm longing for purpose. I'm longing for this. I mean, I'm telling you, somebody who's in an, an impure, unhealthy relationship, I don't need to judge them, which I don't. How's that working for you, right? I mean, that's just really simple. But I know what you're, hey, what are you after? What are you really after? And as they begin to identify, even in their own hearts, I just want to be loved. I got it. I got one for you, right? I literally sat for hours asking a guy what he believed, and, just, and, and he's like a punk rocker and talking about a- anarchy and all this stuff, and he defined anarchy by love, and he's giving me all this philosophy, but really he, there's some deep pain and father wound in his heart, and I'm just going there with him, just pulling it out, right? And he's telling me, and I go, I just, you know, Jesus is the, is, is the best anarchist. So I told him, let me tell you, and I preached the gospel to him. I laid it out. And uh, here's this grown man, you know, getting all teary-eyed, trying to act like, oh, I don't even, I don't know, I'm not receiving what he's saying, you know. And I don't know if he accepted the Lord or not, but I planted a fatty seed in his heart because <laughs> he couldn't avoid the fact that I am just like speaking right to the need of where he's at. Um, and so asking, asking questions and listening and journeying with people, by the way, that can take months, years sometimes. It just depends where they're at. Um, but they would like to have that conversation with you. Um, but yeah, you can just say, hey, would you like to know why you know, I go to church, why I follow Jesus? You know, they're talking about their higher power. You say, yeah, I got one. His name's Jesus. Want to know? I got a better one for you. Mine's highest. You know? No, I'm joking. You don't have to diss people. But one of, the, one of the most fun things you could do, I love this. Psalm 96.3 says this, Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. See, we were not called to just praise God here at church. You're supposed to take this praise and take it out. I love, I love this. I heard this phrase a long time ago, gossip about God. Right? Especially if you have an issue with gossip, by the way. Stop gossiping about people and start gossiping about God. You know what I'm saying? Stop talking about what people are doing wrong. Start talking about God, what God's doing right. Yeah. You like that? You like that? Break that stronghold of gossip. Okay. So... Literally boast about our God. We were called to praise God among the nations. To go literally walk into their life and say, you want to hear what my God did? Now, you know, again, you can say it like that. You can actually say, oh, dude, walk into work tomorrow. Man, you want to know what God did? Now, you can do that. But you can literally, as someone shares a need, tell them about somebody where God has met that need. See, I got a lot because a lot happens around here. Literally, I can talk to a neighbor who's like, yeah, my back this, my back that. And I literally was like, can I pray for you? Because uh, I see people healed at my church all the time. <laughs> you know? And I didn't go into it too much with that person. Other times I do. I'll literally start telling them testimonies. You can just do it randomly. You know? I love it. This is like Tammy. Uh, if you guys remember Tammy's story, she's working one day and they're like, they're all losing their job. And they're like, how come you're not worried? She's like, you really want to know? Because I got a company with God, you know? And she really said it kind of like that, you know? She was like, I got a company with God. And you know what? She was boasting in her God. By the way, she was boasting before everything worked out. And everything worked out. She was praising the Lord and giving Him glory. And then He came through. Who gets the glory? He did. 
Well, you know, I'm just really smart, and I've just, you know, worked my IRA thing, you know. And I mean, I don't know, that's not what she did, but I'm just saying, you know, like, we can talk about us. Stop talking about you. They're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but God is for me. And then when he comes through, say, and that's what he did for me. Boast, gossip about God. Literally, just be like, yeah, you know what happened at church the other day? Like, you can just start talking about it. Talk about your own life, right? Testify. Come on, testify, right? Get your testimony on. No, I'm just... But like, literally, you can just... When someone's sharing, one of the best things you can ever do is just say, yeah, this is what God did in my life. Seriously, God has freed me from so much stuff, I could just pick one, right? I listen... Oh, yeah, I got that one. You know what I'm saying? No, and I'm not saying I relate to everything people have gone through, but it's like, man, you know, you want fear, depression, you want lust. Man, I'm free. You know what I'm saying? You want to, hey, let's talk about it. I can talk to people about it, right? And I can just say, you know, when they're talking about that kind of thing, I can say, you know, the Lord wants to do that for you. And so I can minister that way. So, so just gossiping about God, just talking about things. Again, it's just being natural and being real. Just like we would talk amongst each other, just talk out there, right? Just like we would praise God inside here. Go out and praise them out there. Um, <clears throat> but uh, oh, let me just let me end with this. We'll just end with a couple of things here. But there's a number of different approaches to this conversation and this discussion. Um, you don't have to be like Clint. You don't have to be intellectual. I know some of you were like, "Wow, that guy was so smart." Well, he is. But you can have that kind of conversation with somebody, or you could. You never have to. You never have to have a philosophical conversation. Every one of us is different, and we so we approach the conversation different. It doesn't mean that I don't have to share the gospel and you do. No, I mean say no, no, no. We all get into the relationship. We all show people Jesus, and we all have that conversation. But it comes out differently. My wife. Uh, is is like a relator. My goodness, she's like could ask you the best questions. She'll get into your world and ask you these questions and relate to you. And what you know, and she's not going to talk about like you know like the 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 light and Jesus being the word and you know and what what did Clint talk about last week? You know, social sociology or something like that. No, she's going to talk to you about what's going on in your life. Okay, she's going to be a relator. That's so important. Some people, that's all they really care about anyways, and that's good. I try to do that, but, you know, a lot of times I'm drawn to, and I'm kind of a resource of just being kind of intellectual and just journeying with people. And, and I kind of help them to see that, well, you know, God's not a dummy, you know, and neither are we, or something like that. And so an intellectual, the first thing you're going to think of is how can I show them that Jesus is real or that God, Jesus rose or, you know, and be careful with an intellectual. Not, don't get into side things. Don't get into, like, you know, end times or like evolution too much. You know, don't go into that too much. Uh, that can be, and don't be argumentative. With a relator, talk about their real life, but bring the Lord in. I'd say a relator and a testimonial go right hand in hand where you're relating and you're talking about God in your life and you're listening and you're, and you're there and you're ready to pray for them because they're pouring out their heart to you. And, and, that, and that's good. So what I'm saying is don't think you've got to be the intellectual. Oh, where are you at in your spiritual journey? Oh, okay, let's philosophize. No, you don't have to do that, but you can still say, hey, where are you at with God, you know? And be a relator. There's different questions, different approaches, different ways to do it. Now, I kind of like take these and use different ones at different times. Um, a testimonial, the first thing you're going to think of is, oh, I can relate to that. i got a story for you, right? Um, the first one with a confrontational is you're going <laughs> to preach it to them, right? A confrontational doesn't mean that you just do street evangelism. But in a friendship contest, a confrontational knows kind of when to lay it out and just say, you need Jesus, you know? And my wife actually is better at that than me sometimes. You know, again, I say, Michelle's like this relator who will just be like, yeah, you need Jesus. You know, or like, or like, or like Courtney, what do you say, uh, God-shaped 
Jesus-shaped vest. She's like, you just need a Jesus-shaped vest. Someone's like, well, explain to me the philosophical blood. You just need Jesus, okay? I mean, it's just a kind of a confrontation. You're just going to hit them hard, you know? That's okay. Make sure you're still there showing them love and stuff, but confrontational is good. An inviter, of course, you're going to be like, I don't know, let Dave do it, you know? <clears throat> now, can you imagine if we're journeying together? I'll tell you, evangelism by yourself is really hard. And discipleship by yourself is really hard, right? That's why we need to be the church for a hundred reasons. But literally, can you imagine that somebody who's journeying with the church can begin to see us loving each other and can, can hear the gospel from a relator standpoint and an intellectual standpoint and a testimonial standpoint? Does that make sense? What, you know what I'm saying? When, when a person moves from just you being their friend to us being their friend, we instead of you, then now they can have more than one touch upon their heart and see it from different angles. A server is one who would, is more thinking, how can I serve and how can I help? And it's not somebody who's not going to just share words. It's not like, oh, I don't have to say anything. But you're there mostly like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, just going to care for them. I'm just going to pray or I'm just going to show them Jesus and I'm just going to be loving and caring. That goes a long way, but just still at the same time, be ready to share that testimony or be ready to pray with them or be ready to share what the Lord has for them. Um, let me just end with a story. One time I was doing jury duty and I'm praying and asking the Lord for opportunity. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to grumble, but I'm grumbling. God, this better be for a reason. No, I'm joking around. But I'm saying, Lord, make this purposeful. And so uh, on the very last day where we're going to be doing deliberations, the weirdest thing was the day before it was the last day. I'm walking out and I could sense it in my spirit. This is talk, talk about being in prayer and being sensitive to the spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit, but we've got to have these different tools to be able to use these different things, different approaches at different times. I'm walking out, and I start praying, and I knew it in my spirit. I'm going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. Like, I'm just, I've got to say it. I've got to say it. It's in me. And that's what I said earlier about kind of like a planned spontaneity. A lot of times I pray, and I get things from the Lord, and I know what needs to be said. It's just that I'm not going to necessarily force it, but I'm going to pray and look for those opportunities. So I go back the next day and we deliberated and we're pretty much done with making our decision and we're sitting there waiting. Obviously, do a lot of waiting. And this man, because I think at this point they knew I was a pastor because that just comes up because when you, um, yeah, because when they ask you, you know, what's your profession? You know, I thought that was going to get me out of it, but it wasn't. So I say, oh, I'm a pastor. So they, they said, uh, so he said to me, so tell me, why are you a pastor? <laughs> so I just told him what, I, what happened to me when I was 16 and how I got saved. And then he told me he was Hindu, and I asked him what he believed. See, I put it to him. Well, what do you believe? Let's talk. And I did. I shared the gospel and how Jesus is risen and that his power is here today. And I told him how people get healed. I mean, we had this, like, ten-minute conversation. And I made sure to speak loud so all those other day, ten people could hear me. No, I'm, I didn't speak too loud, but I could tell they could hear me. Some were uncomfortable. You could feel it. But he was totally tracking. We were dialoguing and engaging. The one mistake I made... I didn't give him my contact information. It's the only thing I didn't do. But I knew it in my spirit what was going to happen. I looked for the opportunity. He's the one who initiated. Or, I mean, I, we were having conversation, but he's the one who asked. And then I went right into it, gently, respectfully, lovingly, and I shared the gospel. Okay? And that happens all the time if you'll be on, on your toes. So let's stand up and let's respond to the Lord. <clears throat> You know, lately I've been going to the same place to get my hair cut. I go to the same place to get Mexican food. Of course, because we really like Mexican food. Just recently, I started, uh, last year I became an ASO assistant coach. This year I'm hoping to become an ASO coach for my son's soccer team. What am I doing? I'm just moving my life more into the community, but I'm also being somewhat strategic. Like, I'm just going to go to the same place, get a haircut, build that friendship. 
talk to them. Right? Amen? So, Lord, we just thank you that we've not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Lord, I thank you that we hear your voice and that we're led by your spirit. I thank you that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ and we are representatives of you. I thank you, Lord, that we're your friends and we can make friends and bring them to you, Lord. I just ask that you would impart courage, love to our hearts today. Give us insight. Give us creativity. I pray that no one would be like me, but that they would be themselves and that they would be spirit-led and that they would ask you and you would give them creative ideas, things to say, things to do to serve, all the above, Lord, that you would do it, Lord. And I pray that you would get the glory. And I ask you, Lord, that this church would become a movement of people, disciples multiplying themselves, this church multiplying itself. And I pray even that Easter would be a powerful time as people who have already heard the gospel from our mouths come and are ready to receive. So, Lord, we ask, cultivate the soil. Open hearts and minds. Give us opportunity. Why don't you ask right now as we close, why don't you ask the Lord, give me opportunity. Pray for those people that you know, they're ready that you need to invite them or say something. Ask for that opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Give us the opportunity. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to dismiss you. It's, uh, if you need prayer, please, you know, before you leave, get prayer. And, and if you want to worship, go ahead. But uh, you're free to go. We love you.